Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. We are continuing our series on the Beatitudes, and so far we've done the uh, first two, and uh, today we're coming to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And there we are. And there you are. So, uh, should we go back and, and review again, uh, as we have been doing, the word blessed, uh, which I don't think we need to get into all of the Greek and Aramaic like we did the first show, but uh, we understand that blessed means the man who is joyous, the man who is happy, the man who is content, the man who is really fully connected to the Lord in terms of his relationship with God. That's what the term blessed means. So, uh, blessed are the meek. Now we got to come to this word meek and try to understand that one. So, are you ready? We are ready. And and although you mentioning that, I think, uh, at least for me, has helped each time for to put it in the contents of joyful is the man who is meek. Yeah. You know, happy is the man who is meek. It, I think it just puts a different mindset or different slant on on uh, on the whole point. Yeah. So, uh, and what I've been really fascinated with is how often it is the case that the uh, English words don't necessarily uh, carry the same meaning or connotation that the uh, the original Greek does, or as uh, we've been saying, uh, the original Aramaic says. And, and of course, that's the, the challenge of uh, Bible study here, in that Jesus spoke Aramaic, Matthew wrote in Greek. Now, you know, we believe, of course, that Matthew had actually heard Jesus speak and that he he spoke Aramaic and he spoke Greek both. I mean, he was an educated man, and any educated person in Jesus' day uh, spoke, read, and wrote in Greek. I mean, the entire Medit- Mediterranean world uh, spoke in Greek, and that was kind of the universal language of theology and philosophy. So when we come to the word meek, uh, there's certainly a lot of places to look in terms of Matthew's writing in Greek, you know, what he meant by uh, his use of the Greek word here, uh, which, well, let me stop for a minute. When you think of the word meek, either one of you two, what, what do you think of? What, what meaning of that word comes to mind? I guess when I think of the word meek, I think of uh, humble, somewhat shy, non-aggressive individual. Mm-hmm. All right, Aaron? I pretty much agree with Randy for sure about uh, just humility, and it keeps coming to my head like not always having to defend yourself or seek justice for yourself immediately, you know, mm-hmm. um, just kind of willing to let things go. I know, um, I don't know if it was from the Bible or a different quote, but the quote was, a wise man even overlooks an insult. And I feel like that's, that's what being meek, meek is. Well, you know, strangely enough, Aaron, I think uh, you're starting to approach where we'll wind up with this. But uh, the commentator that I've been reading in, uh, uh, in terms of helping us with this series is uh, uh, Dr. Barkley. And uh, I really am fascinated by his profound understanding of a number of uh, ancient languages. And he says when he thinks of the uh, 
English word meek. He thinks of uh, timid. He thinks of, uh, he actually used the word spineless. Uh, uh, that uh, they who are meek are subservient. Um, and he also said that they may be at times mean-spirited. Um, so um, the Greek word here is, uh, strangely enough, a, a word that's used a lot in ethics conversation or ethics teaching and philosophy in Greek. And when we think of Greek philosophy, you know, who do we think of primarily? Uh, we think of Plato, of course, and then even older than Plato, we think of Aristotle. And uh, uh, Aristotle used the same word. Um, uh, it's, it's actually uh, pronounced praus in Greek for anyone out there who's interested in the Greek. But uh, Aristotle used the word, and Aristotle was good at juxtaposing qualities of things, qualities of words. So, and uh, the reason he did that was he would he would present two extremes on either end, and then he said the median between those two words uh, was often the, the ideal meaning of that word. So Aristotle evidently used this Greek word that Matthew was using. And Matthew, you know, being an educated man, would have been aware of Aristotle, I think. Uh, Aristotle used it as, a, as the median word between someone who is really angry and someone who is never angry. So basically, and he's going to give us, by the way, three possible meanings of this word praus, or the word meek in English. And the first one is that uh, if we look at the Aristotelian median, it's a person who knows how to be angry in appropriate ways at the right situations, but knows not to be angry uh, if it's uh, in an unhealthy way, if it's in a destructive way. So in other words... Uh, the fascinating part about this is there's nothing necessarily about meekness there. It's about I am able to be uh, appropriate. Self-controlled. Yeah, we're going to get to self-control. That's going to be part of this. So, And, you know, uh, Dr. Barkley translates often the beatitude, and he's going to do it today for us in three separate ways. And the first one is, blessed is the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Oh, okay. So isn't that interesting? That uh, Would we not all agree that there are times as Christians when uh, there are things we need to be angry at? Uh, Jesus was angry, you know, at uh, sin, and, you know, we know one of the more dramatic uh, scenes toward the end of the Gospels is when he was angry at the tax collectors and so forth and cleaned out the uh, temple. Uh, that was a that was a righteous anger. That was uh, an anger that uh, was in, entirely justified, and it showed that you know Jesus at that level wasn't really meek in the way we think of meek, uh, but he wasn't inappropriately angry. At the same time, you know later on he could stand in the face of the scribes and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and be falsely accused of things, and uh, knew that that was not the right time to be angry at all that they were doing. So uh, he was demonstrating this median quality that I think uh, the, the word actually means. We get angry when it's appropriate to be angry, and at other times we are self-controlled. Now, we always want to try to, you know, teach this series in light of uh, 
our recovery, our healing journey. And, uh, you know, the expression of anger is something we talk about around here all the time. I mean, so many of the men have things that they are angry at. Uh, in fact, you know, it's, it's really true that uh, a lot of their acting out has a lot to do with them being inappropriately angry. They are angry at God. They're angry at themselves. They're angry at the world. They're angry at women. They're angry at their spouses. And uh, sexual acting out is really an inappropriate expression of anger. Later in the healing journey, when we, you know, investigate, you know, a man's history, uh, we run across times when, you know, they uh, realize and accept and, and remember and understand that, you know, they have been, uh, you know, abused. Uh, a lot of the men that come here have been sexually abused. Uh, some have been uh, uh, physically abused, and certainly a lot of them have been emotionally abused. Uh, we have a man right now, and uh, I know he listens to the podcast, so he'll probably get who he is, but I don't think there's any way for anyone else to know who this is. But he was, in fact, sexually abused when he was a boy. And uh, I would say when he talks about it now, in the early days of his recovery, uh, he is meek in the English sense of it. He is uh, timid. He doesn't want to get angry at anybody. He just is very kind of sad and passive about it. And and. I and his, his accountability group have been encouraging him to get angry, to, to be angry at, at what three separate individuals did to him when he was a boy of 7, 9, and 11. Uh, it's an incredibly angry thing. Now, we're not going to encourage him to go back and find these guys and confront them and yell and scream, but we are going to, we are going to uh, help him, I, I hope, you know, get angry. You know, he... He didn't deserve for this to happen, and it's okay to talk about being angry about it. And do you think that part of his individual struggle has to do with the fact that he hasn't really um, displayed the anger that he deserves? Yeah, I think it is. And, and also, you know, internalizing a lot of that anger, which we know is inside of him, uh, does, in fact, lead to depression. And, and that's, that is, in fact, one of the things that he's been struggling with. You would think that it would go hand in hand with a, a different form of shame. And a different form of guilt. Well, I guilt mean, and shame. And, you know, your average victim does take on a lot of uh, unfair responsibility for the things that happen to them right. until they learn more about all of this. So anyway, the first part of our understanding of this verse is, blessed is the man who is able to be appropriately angry when it's, when it's a good and healthy thing to do, and at other times not to be angry in ways that would uh, be destructive. Let's let that point sink in with our listeners as we go to break right now. And when we come back, we'll explore the next two um, uh, sections of this point. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Trigger of the week. Uh, we did poll our Tuesday night group and... Uh, as we're recording this, we are in the uh, early days of June, so we've just been through a round of uh, graduations and so forth. But the uh, the trigger of the week that the men were mentioning is that evidently several of them had been to reunions, and uh, when you go to a reunion of however many years, I guess it does put you perhaps in contact with old girlfriends and uh and romantic crushes that you had in school, and uh, uh, a number of them were saying that when they've been to a reunion, it was a kind of a 
trigger or a temptation to, you know, get back into their fantasy life about uh, previous relationships. Let's just leave it at that. Well, that sounds like it's an excellent trigger because, uh, coincidentally, I have a re- high school reunion coming up this summer, and it has even you know struck me as uh, there have been all of these Facebook communications about signing up uh, for the reunion and the number of people that are committing to it that they can come and that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, you know, at this point, I'm I'm uh, you know uncommitted as to whether I'm going to be able to break away or not because it's a, a trip out of town and all that type of thing. But you can imagine seeing all of these faces, especially because I haven't been to, it's been uh, several years since I was to the last reunion. So you're going to be seeing all of these people and you're right. There's old girlfriends. There's, or there are even those that never knew that you had a crush on them at at one time. You know what I mean? And then you see them at this later stage in life and, and uh, people have taken various levels of care of themselves. So uh, I suppose if you are a guy struggling, with those kinds of attractions, uh, it would be uh, pretty normal to, uh, to to be triggered by that event. Well, all right. So that's our trigger of the week for this season of time. And uh, uh, we'll move on back to our conversation about meekness. So Beatitude number three. Matthew 5, 5. All right. So another meaning of the Greek word here that's used in this uh, verse is... Uh, I found this rather strange. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to be honest. That uh, it's a Greek word that is used about the domestication of animals. I'm waiting for the shock value of that too. <laughs> Sink in. We're shocked. But when I was so like taming, taming, yes, domesticating. Uh, when an animal is. Uh, shown the bridle like a horse is shown the bridle for the first time it's going to react against the saddle and the bridle and for an animal to become uh, domesticated or so forth it learns how to uh, submit to that basically and that's that is when you think about it it is a form of meekness in that the animal is submitting in a way to uh, the authority of uh, someone else you know the master the one who owns him the one who's going to use that animal for various uh, functions and they st- they still have the strength and the ability to lash out and and do the things they would have done before, but they're just choosing not to because they know their place now. They right? know their place now, and basically, uh, what they're what they are learning to do, the animals are learning to do, is to uh, uh, tame their otherwise uh, more impulsive instincts. So uh, their instincts to run around or be you know wild or whatever. So. Uh, when you think about that in terms of, again, our healing journey, I mean, this connotation of the word is really uh, helpful because it, it's, it's uh, referring to trying to get our, our basic instincts, impulses, temptations, longings, you know, in our case, sexual desire, it's, uh, it's getting it under control. Right. So uh, when Jesus is saying, blessed is the meek, He's basically saying, "Blessed are those who are able to control their their impulses, their desires, their their even their animal instincts." And uh, when you combine it with number one, it you know it basically means we know how to tame uh, uh, an emotion, even like anger. We know how to express it when it's the right time, and not to express it when it's the wrong time. So, uh, Doctor Barclay translates it now this way: "Blessed is the man who has ne- who has every." 
instinct, every impulse, every passion under control. Blessed is the man who is entirely self-controlled. This is really powerful, I feel like, because I feel like, especially with myself, I, I'm always reacting to things. I'm not experiencing something and then thinking, okay, how should I react to this? How should I respond to this? I'm just bouncing from one thing to the next, and sooner or later, if not most of the time, I'm going re- to react in a way that's not of God because I'm just reacting to what's what I'm used to, which is, which is sin. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as a young man, you know, uh, one of your developmental tasks, I think, is to bring some of your basic early instincts, impulses, youthful enthusiasms under control. And uh, our audience doesn't know this. Maybe they do, that you're getting married sometime here, right? And you better yep. darn well get some of this under control. <laughs> yes, it's, it's under control. <laughs> okay. But there's one more uh, third possible meaning here, and that is that... Uh, the word also, given the fact that it's a Greek word and it's used to describe juxtapositions, he said it's, uh, Dr. Barclay said it's one thing to, you know, have the vision and the goal to have your instincts and desires and passions under control, but it's quite the other thing to know that on our own resources, we probably don't have the complete and total ability to do that. We are, we are still human beings. Our instincts, passions, and desires sometimes you know, just uh, rage havoc inside of us. Uh, certainly all of us who have experienced an addiction, we know that. And uh, so basically he says that what is uh, one of the results and one of the meanings of this word uh, is that meekness should also be about the humility to know that even though it's our goal, our desire to control all of this stuff, to be self-controlled, on our own resources, we're probably never ever going to get there. And so it really points to the fact that uh, we need God and uh, that only God uh, will be able to help us with our own ignorance and uh, our own weaknesses. So it's the ability, as we say around here all the time, to, to confess uh, our powerlessness uh, and to, to want to be meek in this way, to want to be self-controlled. But to know that the only way we're going to get there is to get it with God's help. And once again, I'm amazed as we have explored uh, on a deeper level all the first three Beatitudes that we've taken a look at. Each one of them brings us back to our need Mm -hmm. for God. Right. And how we do not have what it takes on our own uh, to be victorious, you know, without God uh, leading the way. That is right. So, yeah, I was thinking that too earlier when I was getting kind of prepared for this, that it, you know, it seems like so far anyway, you know, our first three Beatitudes, it all really is showing us, you know, our need for a very direct relationship with God. So, um, number three translation that Dr. Barclay offers of this verse, blessed is the man who has the humility to know his own ignorance, his own weakness, and his own need for God. So, um, Remember that the meekness is the same meaning of self-control, like it was in number two, domestication, getting our instincts, desires under control. But, but we need to add to that the third element, that we can only do that with the help of God. At that point, uh, Dr. Barclay starts to give us uh, a couple of examples. The one I like the best 
uh, of uh, you know, Bible references to uh, people who were examples of meekness, and uh, he chose to use Moses. Uh, so we start thinking about Moses and go back over our three things. Uh, first of all, in Numbers uh, chapter 23, verse 3, it says this, Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. He was meek above all other men above the face of the earth. But let's think about Moses. Uh, was he all that meek? <laughs> you know, in our understanding of the word meek. What did he do when he came down off Mount Sinai and he uh, had discovered that the people of Israel had created a false idol? What did he do? He lost it. He lost it. Okay. <laughs> well, there again is an example of where his anger would have been uh, appropriately expressed there, and uh, that was true. But then there were other times when uh, he was, you know, very self-controlled in the face of lots of different things, and uh, and that's that uh, juxtaposition of meekness. He. He, he demonstrated self-control. He knew when to be angry, when not to be angry. He knew that he needed to control his own you know, instincts, desires, and passions. And he was able to do it with God's help. And uh, that's you know, the huge key to this, this whole uh, beatitude. So, the final translation, after we've understood all of this. Drum roll. Okay. Are you ready for that? It's kind of long. Uh, Oh, the bliss of the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time, who has every instinct and impulse and passion under control because he himself is controlled, who has the humility to realize his own ignorance and his own weakness, for such a man is a king among men. That's the guy that will inherit the earth because... It is a man after God's own heart, uh, a guy who is completely relying on God to, uh, to be meek in the way that we've been describing, to be angry when he needs to be angry, not to be angry when it's not uh, healthy or appropriate, to have his passions under control, like in our case, our sexual passions, and to know his own weakness, his own ignorance, his own uh, powerlessness, and to know that he needs completely and desperately to rely on God. That guy who's relying on God, that will be a man above men. That's how Moses is described. And uh, will be an example to all. And certainly will be a man that we believe around here is uh, the man who is sober and, and uh, sober in his passions and is following God and is a leader to others and uh, uh, is becoming the man that God is calling him to be. That was a wonderful job, if I do say so of taking that uh, explanation of this third beatitude, uh, because I'm sure we've got listeners out there, when they saw that we're doing this series on the beatitudes and thinking, wow, how is this going? how am I going to relate to this? Yeah. Because on the surface, it doesn't necessarily look like something that um, our regular listeners, uh, the men who we work with on a daily basis, you know, like, like they would relate to it. But this has been a perfect example today of how each of these are right on target with being the man that, that, uh, that we all want to be, the man that God intends us to be. And uh, that was just a great explanation. I'm having a uh, thought come to me that uh, I'll go ahead and 
mention because I don't want uh, our listeners, some of whom are wives and women, uh, to think that we're leaving them out. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, this verse is very appropriate to the wives, particularly when we think about the, the angry part. Uh, and we talk about that all the time around here when, you know, the wives have been sexually betrayed and uh, incredibly hurt by their husband's, you know, sinful actions. You know, you go back to this verse and you say they have every right to be angry. You know, they uh, have every right to express that anger in healthy ways. Um, and I think Debbie would say certainly that they don't have a right to express anger in destructive ways. Uh, she's always fond of the one example of a wife who would uh, wake her husband up in the middle of the night and have, she had a plastic baseball bat, and she would start hitting him over the head with this plastic baseball bat, asking him questions. You know, Now, she, this guy had done some egregious sexual acting out, there was no doubt, and and she had every right to be angry, but she did not have the right to, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, more or less physically abuse him because of it. And uh, Debbie has found this quote also by Maya Angelou, you have a right to have your pain, but not the right to be a pain. I think this verse is for the wives as well, to, to know that, um, by the way, also, and we should add, Meekness is not about being submissive to this. Meekness is not about just rolling over and playing dead here. Meekness is about being strong and having your feelings and knowing when it's uh, uh, healthy and appropriate to express them, knowing that uh, you'd like to control your anxieties and your feelings of depression and everything else, and that on your own resources, you're probably not going to be able to do that. The wives also need to learn to surrender to God to help them through the healing journey. So anyway, I'm just trying to say that, you know, as we work with couples around here, you know, this is a this is a, a verse where I can see the application going to both the men and the women. So one more question. If we uh, are feeling really angry, but we know we shouldn't about what, what's happening, we feel like we're overreacting, what should we do at that point? Do well, think? I think what I would do is I would, uh, uh, exp- you know, get with my accountability partners, express what my anger is about, get their feedback and get them to talk to me about what is true. I mean, is it inappropriate? Is it unjustified? Uh, or would it be at some point helpful to express that anger? Uh, that's, that's the kind of stuff we talk about here all the time. Uh, so uh, the, the key to it is, I think, community, and a community of believers, community of truth-tellers, community of Christ followers, who, when, when it comes to our anger, is always going to give us feedback about when it's healthy and when it's not. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank you for joining us today. We thank Aaron Wellman for his input and his talents as our engineer and technical director. We hope that uh, this coming week will be a week of great blessings for you and great vision.